0: Welcome, everyone, to the 307 Podcast. We're back again, and um, Blake lost at another PT again this morning. Listen. What's your dang excuse? Oh, listen,
1: Chad beat me at this workout by, like, maybe 20, probably 20 seconds or so. Hold on, bro. do you
2: CrossFit? I don't. You don't? No.
1: Okay. I said, oh, good job, retired Navy SEAL no kids works out three times a day. Ultra marathon runner, you beat old dad Bod Blake by twenty seconds, son. You do it. You're doing Hi, good. You need to push harder in there. Just cause you win, don't mean you get to slack. I-, I seen you over there looking around, seeing where everyone else was at. You need to put your head down and just get the dang work done and quit
0: worrying about what everyone else is doing. I've told you guys before, it's lonely at the top, man. Like the only way you get better. Is if there's someone around you that's better than you and will push you to get better yeah it, it, was like, just, it was just like that look brooke i i won a 5k I, it seems like i win every 5k i go to i won a 5k I, i'm not even a 5 ker
1: you wait till i have david goggins out to do the crossfit oh workout God. with us
0: <laughs> yeah right uh, uh look i won the 5k on saturday and you know, my time was nineteen ten. I That'd could I could have done much better if there would have been somebody there, like even close to me. Like I look behind me coming back, I'm like, man, I could run a little. I, I think I could probably push a little. I look back, not, nobody even in sight.
1: That's a problem, man. That's bad integrity. If you could do more and you don't, just because no one else is there, that's something. Whatever. That's something, that's something deeper wrong. Whatever. Right there. Deeper wrong. Anyways, um, we've got a guest here today.
0: We don't want to hear you banter too much today. I was just saying you lost again, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is
2: what? usually my favorite part of the podcast
0: anyway. So. Hey, Brooke. I'm m- just sitting back. <laughs> pull that mic up closer to your mouth there. Okay. These things are very directional. Got they're, it. they're very directional, which is good in a way because they don't pick up ambient sound. But if you don't talk right into them, they're, they're low. Um, Thank you, Brooke. Mm-hmm. And yes, we do have a guest today. Miss Brooke Robertson. But no kin to the Duck Dynasty people. We just hashed that out. No kin there. From about the same geographical location, though, right?
2: Yeah, just like, I think, three or four hours south of them. What's
0: happening down in South Louisiana these days?
2: Nothing. Hurricanes.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's about it.
2: (laughs) I was driving up here, and I'm like, man, this is just way prettier. I mean, Louisiana's home. I'm not talking bad about it. But it's just beautiful up here. The mountains. Yeah.
0: Nothing like it. You were just in Tennessee, right? I
2: was. Nashville I, part, but. How soon. was that? It was good. I had a show. Show out there in Knoxville. So.
0: So what does that look like? What does the show look like it's, for you?
2: It's all usually different. This is the first time I actually sang at an amphitheater, which was probably the coolest venue I've ever sang in. Just the acoustics was amazing, but. This one was a pretty large venue that I sang at, but sometimes it's churches, small little country town churches. Sometimes it's big churches. Mm-hmm. Whoever takes me out, really, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's pretty cool.
0: It's like a. It sounds like it's like a speaking engagement, but better. It is. Well,
1: I was just thinking when we start packing arenas, we're gonna have to hire Brooke to come lead some worship. Oh, we work. got hey. to have somebody.
0: Yeah. I love that. And sh- I'm gonna tell you what, man. I've been listening to Brooke's music on. YouTube all morning, and um, there are a few songs that I listened to that actually was like it was like welling up emotion in me, and so all the greats in music, all the great artists in music, that to me is the common thread. Mm-hmm. If you have an a, a, a artist that can evoke emotion in the listener, that is it, man. And I was really surprised that your—it was the first time I had listened to your music. I was really caught off guard that it did that because I don't listen to a lot of female artists. I mean, I'm a—I you know, I'm a Hank Williams Jr., um, Willie Nelson. Uh, you know, I, all, all the old school stuff. And those guys—they could evoke emotion in the listeners, and that's why they were so great. Hank Jr.'s voice sucks. Yeah. I mean his voice sucks. Yeah. Willie Nelson, we just talked about how ugly Willie was. <laughs> Willie didn't have nothing going for him. Yeah. He sounded like his nose was plugged up.
2: But, but he's a storyteller. Yeah, but yeah.
0: he he could pull out that emotion. Uh and it was really cool. I mean, I don't know. It just brought it just like made me happy that you were coming here to the podcast today.
2: Well, that means a lot honestly because when I sat down with my my producer and my manager and I was like, "Look, I don't want to just write the next song for Christian radio. Like I didn't feel called for that." And I grew up listening to like you know, late 90s, early 2000s country music. And so that's what inspired me as an artist to really dig deep in stories and write that. And that's not what Christian Radio is playing. And they told me very quickly that they weren't going to play this record because it was just too much of a story Mm -hmm. instead of what's being played on radio. But um, it means a lot that you say that because it just means that it was worth it for me to really kind of go outside of the box and no one's really doing it. And I definitely, as an artist, have taken a risk doing that because, you know, usually you sign to a label and you write the next song for radio, but it's just the same old, nothing against anything, you know, but the same old, same old. And I'm like, people are hurting, you know? Like, the mom driving their kid to the soccer games, their little girl in the back seat's hurting, you know? Like, I want to write songs for her, you know? So that's kind of where I come from.
0: Mm. That's solid. And and so... I'm in like complete and total agreement with you because it's strange how I don't know about the music industry. I've obviously listened to songs and watched my artists and listened to their opinions. My favorite artists, and um, it sounds like it's like a very controlling environment where you have to fit a certain uh, fit into a certain space. Like, and I cannot listen to radio. Like, I'm just not. I'm not going to listen to mainstream music. I get all of my music from YouTube, from artists like Tyler Childers, um, Whiskey Myers. Uh, you know these these guys. Even you know Jamie Johnson in the beginning. Um, these guys that didn't fit the mold. Another big artist that's broke out of that mold is Aaron Lewis. The lead singer for stained. He's really broke out of that mold. And now I'm not promoting Aaron Lewis as his life his lifestyle and, and, and all some of his music is a little rough, but he's really broke that mold and that's what I like and I think that's what people are hungry for. I can't even believe radio's still around with it's, YouTube.
2: It's slowly, I feel like, gonna eventually dwindle off. I don't really know. Everyone goes to Spotify. Yeah. You know, or Apple Music or all things like that, yeah. but it's still one of those things that can make or break an artist. It's so weird.
1: Well, your yeah. average music today has the shelf life of a house fly. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. the songs off the top charts, and nobody remembers that song. Like, like the old Hank Williams songs and and stuff back then of the good artists. People still know those and listen to them today. Nobody's gonna be listening to. Luke Bryan, Shake It, Country Boy, or whatever that song is, and yeah, t- I mean, you know, it's just
0: it's dead. Yeah. Well, I I have to ask you, Brooke, is are all of your songs are they all like in the Christian genre, or are you outside of that? I mean, how how how's that?
2: Um, so a lot of my songs are, but also they can kind of go into the country genre as well. Like, there's a song on there called "See You Here." And I don't know if you heard that one, but it's a song I read about my great-grandmother. And, like, it has nothing to do with the Christian side of the industry, but I just wanted to write the song. After she passed away, like, she was 96, but she was just such a rock to our family. And one night I was writing in this melody, and some lyrics came up, and I'm like, I presented the song to my producer. He's like, well, it's a little different, but, you know, we'll see kind of thing. And it, it made it to the record. And it's one of my favorite songs. It's kind of folk country Mm -hmm. on there.
0: Yeah. So will you, like, I'm going to back up in in a minute and talk Mm -hmm. about how you got into music and all this, but will you eventually have to, like, I guess you won't have to if you just use your own channel, but would you eventually, like, have to choose one way or the other?
2: I don't know. I feel like um, there's not many people doing what I'm doing as far as, like, the storytelling side in the Christian industry, but also... In the country industry, uh, it's not many people talking about Jesus. So it's kind of like I don't really fit in anywhere. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of hard to choose a side when I'm kind of like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it is. Gotcha. So,
0: so how did this all start?
2: It's a long story. but um, So I, I intentionally was going to school for occupational therapy. Okay. When I was um, in college, I graduated in 16. I was singing. I sang since I was a kid, like since I was 11 or 12 years old. I was in the youth band. I did the slides, you know, on Sunday. I was always kind of involved in ministry, but there's never anything that I thought I was good enough for, or even I knew that I had the capability of.
0: But when did you, like, when did you realize, like, and what made you realize, like, okay, I'm a little bit better than people like, Chad. Yeah. Like.
2: <laughs> in, so in 2016, whenever I couldn't get into schools, um, and I was doing like covers and stuff on YouTube. I actually had uh, some friends help me do all that. And then my producer now, he reached out on Facebook. And he was like, hey, you should come up and write some songs. And like, you know, you just never know these days. I thought I was a scam. <laughs> and yeah. uh, ended up being just legit. And I went up even when I couldn't get into school. I was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And so you never know until you just try, right? So I just went up to Nashville in 2017, and I wrote um, an EP called Have My Heart and uh, got signed to a label that spring, went on tour that fall, and wrote this last record in 2019. So it's just kind of been a a slow but fast snowball effect. It's Mm kind of cool to see. Mm -hmm. But... It's not that I'm doing full-time right now. Like, I'd love to be able to do ministry and music full-time, but I'm kind of at this place with God, like, if He wants me to do that, I you know, I'm all in. And if not, then I'm just, I'm here and letting Him use me. But, I mean, I have a full-time job at home, and so I do ministry whenever I have the opportunity, and I take it. Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into the, I saw the content that you have on YouTube, like, Uh, yeah your videos are professionally like they could like they're right there with any other big artists mm-hmm. thank you quality there's a i know what kind of time it takes to put <laughs> yeah. something like that on man yeah,
2: yeah so the you're one getting for, after it then yeah the one for taking my voice back took two days so but that was a fun one
0: uh, oh i'm glad you said it was fun because i would have probably said <laughs> it was exhausting
2: Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, get up at 2 a.m., get ready, get you set at six kind of thing. But I loved it. I loved Mm -hmm. every second of it.
0: So you're, you said uh, like 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. You're, you're part of the choir, you said, and, and doing things locally. And, and so you said in 2016, you started your YouTube channel. Is that, was that right? Yeah. 2016,
2: okay. I started a YouTube channel and and you were just covers. putting,
0: you were just putting out, you were just covering songs, yeah. and just posting them on YouTube, mm-hmm. and then this guy from Nashville hits you up, yep. and says, "Come up, okay." When you went to Nashville, what did you go there for?
2: So I went up to write. So I what does had, that look like? So I like this, just in a room of people, and you just have ideas and thoughts. I usually would start off with just talking to the songwriters and them get to know me and anything that's on my heart that day or something that I'd gone through, share it with them. And then it's sometimes a quick process and sometimes it's not. Like I've had writes last for eight hours and we didn't get anywhere. And then I've had some last for two and we got a whole song. So it kind of just, there's no formula to writing at all. I mean, you'll get in, you may have a lyric, you may have a melody, you may have none and What comes first is just kind of what comes first. It's crazy. It's fun, though. (laughs) Dang it, man. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it. would you say, like, because if you go and you sit, like, you sit down in a room and you're trying to formulate this song and write this song, and you said there's been multiple times where you're in there for eight hours and nothing comes out of that. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be a pain in the butt to me. I mean, is this, like... Is this your, like, passion? Are, are you just, does this, like, fill you up? Just the the music and the singing and the writing, and is this your, like, true passion in life? Or
2: I love that you say that, too, because this show that I had in Knoxville a couple of days ago, I was talking with a lady who was working my merch table, and um, she kind of said some prophetic things over my life, just saying that I don't think it's just music for you. And for me... Um, over the past probably year and a half, or even almost two years since releasing the record, I felt so heavy that it's way more than just singing a song. It's way more than just writing a song. It's ministry for me. Mm. And I'll get up there on stage and I'll, I'm not going to say I'm a preacher because I am not a preacher, but I will share my heart behind the song. And to me, that's ministry. And um, I feel like God's kind of leading me into the season of not just music, but also ministry as well and speaking and that to me terrifies me because growing up i would have never told you that i'd be talking in front of people it's so much easier to sing for me because like i know what's coming like you know the words that you're gonna say but when you speak it's like uh stuttering and all that but no god's led me through it and he's really helped me grow throughout the season and and um really kind of find my voice so Hmm. yeah
0: awesome man like you got anything up to this point i
1: mean so when you go, just, just, uh, I was thinking like, what is it like when you're talking about going up for a write? Or, or it's just a team of people sitting around and you were all working together to write one song. Yeah. And is it inspired? Like if you're going up there, is it inspired by you and they're helping you write the song on whatever's on your heart? Yeah. On that day.
2: Yeah. I have like this, this weird thing. And I don't know if it's just me, um, but I have a hard time taking songs from other people. Yeah. who've written because I don't have any connection there. Um, mm. And so for this last record, I just made a commitment to myself that every song that makes it to the record is going to be a story or an idea that I had because how else do you relate to people if it's not your song or your story? And so, yeah, usually it's I have some ideas and then I'll present them yeah. to the writers and then they'll help me make that into a song. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well I I I mean it's so it's so smart the way you are attacking that because stories are the most valuable currency that we have on earth like in our lives if you have stories throughout your life that you can hang on to that you can like what Brooke is doing when she goes in, I imagine, and, and writes these stories out into a song. You're basically taking that experience or that story from your life, and you're molding it, you're trimming it, you're you're making it this thing that's presentable to other people in a way that they can understand it, take the lesson away from it, uh, and... and like, just take it on board, right? Mm-hmm. A story in the raw form, is sometimes it's going to be way too long. It's going to be maybe there's not enough there. Maybe there's a bunch of details that people, that it's not necessary for them to hear. And that's what I do when I speak. I try to tell stories. And the fact that you're doing that with music is, uh, is a powerful thing. And you're telling real stories, too real stories you're not telling some freaking love story about that somebody just made up because it sounds good yeah Yeah. right i I can't freaking stand that man like man i love it yeah Uh,
2: well um you say that too because i don't ever like i want to write songs that are going to be relatable you know like i don't want to just write this generic jesus loves you and even though that's true what if someone's listening That's that really doesn't have a relationship with Jesus because that's my heart reaching outside of the church, you know. Because you hear a lot of songs that talk about the same thing, but what are things that are going to really reach people who've never heard about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, and they're going to actually sit there and listen to it, and then it's going to spark conversation. And then that person may give their life to Jesus through that. Like, that's kind of where I come from as an artist. And even though it may be different, it's I feel like it's worth it. No, well,
1: it's it's cool that you say all that because. I remember seeing, I I think I'd just seen where you had liked a lot of stuff on the 307 page. And so when I see, when I was doing the the social media, Chili does it now, Mm -hmm. but when I was doing it, I would see just a common thread of people and I would like just check them out. And so I started looking at at your page, just seeing who you were. And and then I looked at the, the YouTube page and that was the feeling that I got was just that, uh, that like you weren't in this for money, obviously, and it seemed like there was a story behind all of, all of the stuff you put out, and it was so genuine, and you have a good following on YouTube. So it was just cool to me to see, I don't know how old you are, but a younger lady that has built this on principles and put the work in, and you're still working a full-time job. And then I remember sending you the message i guess i sent it on instagram or something asking you to come on and i think you had just like it was like what seemed like it was within minutes that you had submitted your basic course application (laughs) and and i had and you did that and then i had sent that and i realized it after the fact so it was just kind of neat but i'm glad you say those things because that was without ever even talking to you or knowing you those are the feelings i got just by looking at your channel and and the stuff you put out so
2: thank
0: you yeah that's what's that's what freaking being genuine uh that's what happens when you are who you are and you're you're working within your passion and we just did a whole call last night on resurrected about how we as the body of christ can interact and influence and and impact culture okay here we have an example of how a christian can interact influence and impact culture right In a big way through yeah yeah that's what i'm saying so like it's so it 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 makes me think because when, when i tell people when i tell people the 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 church the body of christ is failing um when it comes to interjecting and impacting and having influence in culture right like
2: especially in this day and age
0: yeah that's what i'm saying like and even when we, we look at this and I was thinking through this this morning because I think people need uh, like clear examples of like, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm passionate about ministry. How can I impact culture? Mm-hmm. right? People outside of, of the church they, they may not be uh, they, they may not be Christian, but we still want to impact and influence what's happening in our community. Well, here is an example. If you are an artist, Mm -hmm. whether it's a musician or a painter or whatever, if you are an artist, if you have that gift, because that is a gift uh, from God. I think in the Bible, who was it that was really good at music? Was it Jubal? I think it was Jubal, and I think he's the father of all musicians, I'll have to look that up. It's a gift from God if you can do things like Brooke does or if you can draw something or paint something out. And if you can use that gift um, in order to portray the precepts, the the principles of God's Word, in order to portray uh, Jesus Christ and who He is and how He's impacted you in your life, you want to talk about hitting hitting culture right between the eyes. This is the most, probably one of the most powerful avenues. Yeah. Right?
2: It's so true. But
0: it's interesting how Brooks doing it because you, there are a lot of Christian artists out there and I think they come at it from a purely Christian angle. So they never really break out of that Box, mm-hmm. right? Um, you see, you you know, you, there's there's a bunch of them, um, and so the fact that you can intermix the two, and like you said, you can write a song that's a, a story about your grandmother's life, but then you can also write another song about the way Jesus has worked in your in your life. You can do that. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, I it's just the, had to put that out there.
1: It's the difference in. Being a Christian artist or a Christian that is an artist, right? I mean, like, yeah. I think of uh, Need to Breathe. I don't know if you, if you like yeah. them or not, but yeah. they have plenty of songs that are not Christian. They're just like songs about things they're going through in life, and then some of their songs are about the Bible and the Christian life. And so I think that that's what needs to be put out. And the I'll tell you, in Christian music today, talent is lacking. I'm talking about it's almost so pitiful on the Christian radio. I can't even listen to the songs. Just the the music. It's like they strum the same three chords uh, in every song, and they they all say the same thing, and they have the same. I I can't really listen to new Christian music.
2: It's hard to because radio will look at um, and not trying to talk down on them, but radio will look at like what the song starts off with, like what sounds, if it, are there slaps in there? Like certain sounds that are popular in Christian music right now, or certain wording, like you have to be careful how you word things. Mm -hmm. And like, instead of me, it should be you, like kind of as a group whole. And for me, I'm like, you know, it makes it personal when you, when you talk about like the things that you've gone through, you know, but it's, it's opportunities like this though. Like I always say God's bigger than radio. I've always said that since the beginning. Like oh, yeah. Whenever I release this record, every the world shut down, completely shut down. And it felt like a slap in the face because I was sharing my story and my heart. And I'm like, God, you had me do this and the whole world's going to shut down. Like, how's that fair? But I get opportunities like this. And to kind of go back, Blake, when you reached out, it was like that weekend before. I told my cousin, I said, the enemies tried so hard to stop me. And like, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. And my cousin, he actually is going to be at the basic course in November, Dakota Smith. And uh, he told me about the 3 of 7 podcast and like your story. And uh, I was like, I got to follow these guys. It's so cool. And so I started following y'all and started listening to the podcast. And um, that weekend, I was telling her that. And then I get a message from Blake. And anything in my life, nothing has ever been quick. (laughs) Like God's really taught me how to be patient. And I've had to really learn that. But that was like it was such a God moment. I'm like, okay, God really wants my story to be heard, no matter what platform that's on, whether it's radio or podcast or in the grocery store. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, and we had to reschedule this podcast like three times.
2: Oh that's my gosh! My I know. That's how it works with me. <laughs> I
0: know, man. Yeah, there, Yeah, I know. I've been, I've been thinking about this episode for quite a while now, yeah. so. All right, let's take a little break, and then we're going to come back. And Brooke, I want to—we've—we've we've talked a lot about faith. We've talked a lot about um, Jesus and impacting culture and all this stuff. So I want to come back, and I want to have a have the opportunity just to hear your testimony, Brooke. And obviously, you're passionate about Jesus, and why is that? Why is that? So I want to talk about that here when we get back from break. I yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't look at the calendar until. Uh, usually in the morning when I wake up, I look at what what is on the calendar for that day. It's
2: probably the best thing to do. Though. <laughs> I'm telling so you, don't you, get bet. overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just the way I tick. Uh, speaking of calendars, it's interesting. Blake sent me a. Uh, he found one of my old notepads from Buds, Basic Underwater Demolition SEAL Training. He found it yesterday, and I here's where I had written out a schedule, in third phase of Buds. This is why I I take my days day by day, and I don't look ahead. This is the calendar. This is a day in my life as a 21, 22-year-old in SEAL training. This is how I grew up living my life. Okay, 7 to 8.30, Chow P.T. and Chow. Chow P.T. that morning was Al Huey. It was a big hill out back of the, the place where we were staying. 8.30 to 12, range. 12 to 1, chow PT, chow. 1 to 4.30, range. Uh, 4.30 to 5.30, nighttime swim, brief. Um, 18 to 19, so I'm going military time now. Chow and chow PT. 19.15, night swim to 20.30. 2030 to TBD, dry fire, clean weapons. We literally get up, PT, eat, go to the range for four hours. PT, eat, go to the range for four hours. PT, eat, do a nighttime swim around San Clemente Island, come back, dry fire, clean weapons and gear, finally get to sleep. Day after day after day after day. And the whole time, in between... And during all these things, you're getting beat down. You're getting hammered. All right? That's why I just learned to take each day for what it is and just try to get through the day, man. Well, you'd probably go back to that schedule any, any day. It's much simpler for Oh, you. my gosh, <clears throat> man. But see, people don't understand why I tick the way I tick. Blake gets frustrated at me sometimes because he don't understand why I tick this way. <laughs> it's because they warped my mind. Yeah,
2: goodness. That's a schedule, too. I mean, that's yeah. a busy day.
0: It, it's nonstop. From the time you get up to the time you go to bed, you're just getting beat down, hammered. You freaking got to do all this crazy stuff. Swimming around San Clemente Island at night in shark infested waters. You, you know, that's just a day in the life of Buds right there. And that's third phase. I'd hate to see what a day looked like in first phase. I don't even remember. First phase was so busy, you could only look at like what you were doing 10 minutes from then. That was all you could think about. Well, I think
1: that schedule said Al Huey plus 50 push ups, didn't it? Oh, yeah,
0: it is. Al Huey plus 50 push
1: ups. That yeah. was back when you could do push ups.
0: I'll tell y'all a story about <laughs> Al Huey real quick. Al Huey, okay, there was a guy in my buzz class named Rasher. I don't know if Rasher will ever listen to this or not, but uh, he didn't like me. Uh, And I didn't like him. And so one day Rasher was talking crap and I had a big chew of tobacco in and Rasher had just polished his boots. And I spit a big chew, a big spit of tobacco right on his polished boots, right? And um, just ruined them. And so I wake up the next morning and Rasher had filled my boots up with sand in the night all the way to the top. And I got to put these things on and go run that morning. So I dumped the sand out of them. We get out to Al Huey. See, nobody in my buds class knew that I could run. Because I never, I was always in the middle of the pack. I did that on purpose. Even if I I, I was one of the best runners in the class, but none of them knew that. I've been with these guys for five months. None of them knew I could run. So me and Rasher's son, we were about to fight. We came together there at the base of Al Huey Hill and I said, Rasher, you know, let's actually, Rasher challenged me to the top of Al Huey. I said, okay, I accept the challenge. The whole Buds class is standing around. Everybody just knows that Rasher's going to win. All right. We take off up Al Huey and I just obliterate him. And I look back and the whole class is just standing there with their jaw dropped, like, I can't believe that just happened. Cause Rasher was always in the front of the pack. He was just young, dumb, and he could, he did he had no, no restraint, right? Yeah. But that happened on Al Huey. I don't I don't know if y'all think that I don't know. That's just a story. <laughs> That's the kind of crap that happened, man, out there. I could see you spitting on his boots though. Oh I yeah. You do crazy stuff. Like I that. can't believe me and Rasher never came to, to fists like a fist fight. But I remember one day Chad and Brooks sitting on the front porch swing
1: out front, and they was bickering, and Chad was eating a big bowl of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, and he just turns and dumps the whole bowl of cereal on top
0: of Brooks' head.
2: Oh my! god I'm telling you guys,
0: man, I'm I'm a, I'm cra- I'm I, my own unique crazy man.
2: I don't look. I have never met Brooke, but I feel like I know her. You know, some of those people you. Just follow on Instagram. You feel like, no. I feel like she probably wanted to dump it back on you.
0: <laughs> oh, they got oh, into she it. She retaliated. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. retaliated. I told Brooke last night, I said, Brooke's coming on. Brooke, Brooke is coming on the podcast. And she said, I know who Brooke is. <laughs> so she wanted to be here, but she got tied up with some stuff. Yeah. Um, All right. back to uh, Back to our guest here, Brooke Robertson. Welcome to the Three Seven podcast, bro.
2: I'm excited to be here. <laughs>
0: um, so, dude, I want to hear, I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear why you're so passionate about ministry. Why you even believe Jesus in Jesus? Like, yeah. it's uh, it's kind of crazy to think you believe in a Jewish guy that said he was God 2021 years ago, and uh, he went around did all these miracles. They hung him on a cross because he said he was God and they didn't like him. So they killed him. And then he rose again on the third day. came back to life from the dead. It's hard to believe we believe in that. Yeah. Why would you believe in that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look,
0: that is what your testimony yeah, is supposed to explain. <laughs>
2: you're so right. I mean, when we, when we're quiet and we get out of the way, we can, we can hear him. And so, man uh it's gonna be a little story but
0: we like stories yeah
2: i'm all about it so uh in 2018 i just got off a tour like it was like a two-month tour my first ever tour and i was at this like ultimate highs an artist. i just i had the bus experience and got to travel to city to city and sing like how amazing but when i got off of that i had this pressure to write songs for the next record and I felt so dry like when you do ministry and you're not poured into and all you do is give you just feel so dry and it was just that it was a weird season for me and I remember just praying like God I need direction as an artist if this is really what you want me to do because I don't feel good enough there's so many other people that sing better than I do so many people are much better than I am. And God stopped me so quick and it's like, I've got a story that I want you to share, you know? And so I remember praying and just for a direction and the story that I'm about to share with you just surfaced. And like years before, it was something that I could bury deep down back again and like didn't have to think about it. But this time it wouldn't leave me. And I don't know about y'all who's listening or even you guys but when it's God, like it doesn't leave you until you address mm, it.
0: Come on, man. I'm dealing with something like that right now.
2: Yeah. And Send it, sister. It makes us uncomfortable, very yeah. uncomfortable. And I remember just um, fighting God with it. But whenever I was around 10 years old, I was sexually abused. And I went through every emotion you could possibly go through when you've been through something like that, especially as a little girl. I felt dirty. I felt alone. I felt scared. Because my daddy always said if someone ever did anything to my little girls, you know, he always said that he would do something um, not good. And I remember just saying, like, I could never lose my dad. And so I kept quiet yeah. for years and years and years. And I remember as a little girl uh, bearing it so deep that I would just cry myself to sleep. And as soon as I'd come out of my room, no one would ever know.
0: Gosh, dog.
2: And, uh, you know, they always say, look for the red flags in kids. And I never had those. I was a straight-A student. I was a goofy kid. And I guess some could say that could be a sign. But I was just a goofy kid. I still can be. Um, So I did a very good job at hiding that. And so 15 years, you know, rolls around. And God placed so many people in my life, pastors and just random people who'd share their story with me and uh, they never knew that mine was very close to theirs. And I remember this one pastor specifically, I was probably like 15 or 16 and it was like a Christmas Christmas event. And she stood up there and she started sharing her story and uh, it was very similar to mine. And I remember as a kid saying, I could never be that brave. I could never stand on that stage and share my story. Like the thought to me in that moment, I felt sick.
1: Wow, i bet.
2: And um, so, you know, 15 years rolls around, and I find myself as a Christian artist, and God's wanting me to share the story. And God knew, like, if it wasn't for music, I would have never spoken about it. Mm -hmm. Because it's something I always said I'd go to the grave with. I'd never share it. And uh, so when I knew it was a God thing to share my story, I, I fought God for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I just had this unsettling feeling because I knew that it was something I had to do, mm. but I have a big family and no one had known. And so that meant I had to go out and tell my family and my friends and then where I'm at in life, the world. That's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal. And I remember just saying like, God, I need clarity. If this is what you want me to do, like I need clarity. And so I felt, even though I had forgiven this person, I felt like I needed to reach out and just call this person. And uh, so I did. I reached out and I said, hey, I just want you to know that I forgive you. Um, but I've got to write a song about this. But I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he forgives you too. And it was that moment where I was able to share Jesus with somebody who hurt me very deeply that just relieved all that pressure and um, shame and unforgiveness, like all of that, I felt so free. And that was the clarity I needed to go up and write this song. And so I did. I went up, shared the story with the songwriters, and it's called Taking My Voice Back. And for years, I felt silence to my shame. And like, I felt dirty. That all kept me so quiet. And it transpired into my adulthood too. Like I felt like I never could speak up for myself. And so I have found myself to really speak up on topics that are controversial as far as abortions and all of that. Like that's something I would never really want to get involved with. But now I'm like, God calls us to have that voice for the kingdom. And mm, we have to on. have that bravery and boldness to do that. And that's why I love you guys so much. Cause y'all are so bold and y'all aren't afraid to share the truth. People don't always like it, but um, so I wrote this song and it's just such an amazing reminder that, you know, we don't always realize how crippling unforgiveness can be and it can really pull us and steer our, our paths in the wrong direction if we let it. And uh, the enemy wants that more than anything. Yeah. But when we realize that that's exactly what he's doing and um, we let God take all of that and when we hand it over, it's like a slap in the face to the devil. And that's exactly what I wanted to do slap him in the face and send him back to hell where he belonged. Um, because that really is something that stole a lot. It stole my innocence, but it stole my voice for so many years. And I said no more. And so hmm. um, I'm able to, to go out and, and share my story and help others who feel so silenced by shame and unforgiveness and all of that. We don't, it's so heavy. We weren't intended to carry that. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for it all. And I've had people even ask, like, Brooke, how can you forgive someone who hurt you so badly? And forgiveness is not excusing what happened, but it's allowing you to walk free in the calling that God's placed on your life. And when Jesus was on the cross, he was being beaten to death, and I don't think it can get any mm-hmm. worse than that. But he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. So I'm like, if Jesus can do that, mm-hmm. then so can I. So I'm going to do it, and uh, I'm going to share my story with the world, so... It's just been a blessing. It's been an honor, and it's been so freeing to do that.
0: Mm. Dang. Uh, okay. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. I have some some questions. Mm. Um. So, I, I want you to talk me through. You, you talk about how, like, that process of forgiveness, essentially. Allowed you to take your voice back, like, what? What did that look like for you? Because, like, there had to be. Was there a definitive moment where you were like, "Okay, I have actually forgiven, forgave this person, like, for for this terrible act." Like, was there? Was it a de- definitive moment? Was it a a a battle, a process? What does that forgiveness process look like? What did it look like for you? I mean, it's a
2: good question because it's kind of hard to explain. But like over the years, it's something I became numb to, and just kind of forgot about. Um, it was one of those things, and uh, for me, I had to vocalize it to this person. And it's not like that for everybody. Um, it's not in the Bible to say you have to call your your person who hurt you and forgive them. It's not. But for me, I needed that clarity. I needed that to fully forgive and let go. And um, it was definitely a process for me. And it's, like I said, it's really hard to kind of put into words because it was such a long, drawn-out process. I mean, it was 15 years Yeah. of just kind of going over it through my head. And, like, it's a memory that hurts for sure. And it's something that even though, like, the memories pop up, now that I've fully forgiven this person, it doesn't haunt me in a way. Mm. And I'll find myself, too – just the memory will pop up in my head, even now, like even after I've fully forgiven this person because memories are there. Like yeah. it's hard to fully let go of a memory. I wish I could. But I'll find myself, like sometimes I'll be driving down the road, and this happened not long ago, why so I'm sharing it. I'm driving down the road and I feel my fists clench and my eyebrows just like tense up and just disgust because the memories would come back that strong in their vivid memories. And that's something that you can't erase, but it's your response to that. That matters. Are you going to let that um, into your life and create doubt and insecurity? Or are you going to just say, that's a memory, but I've been forgiven and I forgive and Jesus loves me. It's a response to that. That matters the most. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is the truth, man. Wow. I mean, <clears throat> um, I, I would like to I would like to understand one, like how did you work up the courage? Where did the courage come from? I mean to, to be able to to tell your family and the people that loved you that this was something that you had been living with and, and dealing with, because that's got to be scary to be able to come. I mean, even more so to me, it's got to be almost maybe more scary to come to your family and your mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is what happened. God's calling me to share this with the world. Like, that how in the world? Scary,
2: yeah, that was the absolute scariest part ever. Yeah. What did I that look like? I was more afraid to tell my dad. And I have a huge family. We have a really big family. I have cousins, aunts, uncles. And so I couldn't just get everybody together, you know, mm-hmm. and tell them all at once. But it was through that. Um, God really taught me how to share my story in a way that shared hope and not so much sadness. Wow, okay. Um, and I realized that after the fact. But I told my mom, and then I told my dad. I told them separately. I remember talking to my dad. My dad was the hardest one. It was the hardest one to tell my dad because he's very protective. And I knew that he was going to blame himself for it. And my mom too and i just had to reassure them that it was not their fault because they always taught me as a kid you know about that don't let anyone do anything to you and when you're in that you're stuck um i was stuck in a cycle and i mean i remember as a little girl trying to get out of the door and this person wouldn't let me out yeah. it was one of those things yeah and so i told them that it was not their fault and i remember telling my dad this, uh, my story, and I told him, I said, Dad, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jesus, because they had me in church growing up as a little girl, and that's really what kept me rooted and grounded, and not so lost. I was in a depression. I was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't an obvious depression. It was one of those behind-closed-doors depression. Yeah. And so, uh, when I told my dad that, and that, it really was them bringing me to church and keeping me involved in church that kept me here and uh, I told my dad that I forgave this person and obviously he wanted to know who and for me I 15 years later don't feel like that's going to help anything yeah and so I got a call from my dad you know hours later he'd been harping on it the whole day he said Brooke if you can forgive this person then so can I Mm. And like for my dad to say that yeah. was like, wow, okay, God's doing something not just in my life, but my family's too. And then I had learned that there had been many people in my family that had gone through something similar. So I knew that it was freedom for my family as well, not just the world. Mm. So how cool is that, that God wanted to use me for that moment to bring healing in just a whole nother way? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. Well, my next question is, you know, you, you, you not only, you not only decided to share your struggle in order to help other people and help you through that process of forgiveness, but you decided to reach out to this person Mm -hmm. and tell them that you forgave them. I've never even heard of anything like this before. Like, That's next level, man. That's next level. And you it sounds like you said that kind of sealed the sealed the deal for you. Like that gave you some closure on on that. So what was that like and and how did that person react?
2: Yeah, so I felt sick to my stomach before that. And um I remember I got on a phone call with this person and I just loaded out and shared everything, how I felt, what I'd struggled with those past 15 years. And, um, this person received the forgiveness and apologized for what he had done. And, uh, it was probably, it was a long conversation cause I got into talking about Jesus and learned that this person did not know Jesus. And I was able to just plant a seed and that's all that we're called to do. Yeah can't fix anything, but we can go out and plant a seed in someone's life. And so that's what I did. I, I used that opportunity to fully forgive and plant that seed. And to fast forward though, like a month or two before the record, this person reached back out. And they uh they didn't want to call it sexual abuse. And that's something that a lot of people who have gone through abuse struggle with is the person not wanting to admit what they had done was wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that right there, all those feelings came back like a month or two before the record release. And I felt everything again that I had felt before. Like, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right Just. Am I making the right decision? Should I release this song? A song had already been produced. It was ready to go through, you know, to Spotify, Apple. I'm like, do I tell these people, like, I can't go any further? And I realized, like, God stopped me so quick and said, Brooke, this is just the devil trying to stop you. Mm. And you can either choose to, to I'm not going to say cower down, but yeah, cower down to it, or are you going to walk into this? Because I've got people that need freedom. Mm. And so I was able to get over that real quick and knew that that was just lies that the enemy was trying to put in and stop me because that's all he wants us to do yeah. is stop. And so I, I just kept moving forward, and it was so worth it, so worth it for me. Mm. I was that's terrified, That's a selfless
1: <laughs> story right there <clears throat> that you would set all of that aside because, I mean, it, it would have been – that one moment was so hard, you, you could have probably continued on. I mean, you would have gotten in worse and worse shape, but mm-hmm. you could have kept stuffing it down and kept stuffing it down. But look at all the people. I mean, to set – basically, you've just, you've just set yourself aside and said there's a bigger cause here. And, yeah. Uh, and and you, you had the opportunity to hold back the record, to hold back from talking to that guy, from hold back to talking – so you just kept coming. It's like you had – Multiple things pop up to where you could have said, ah, oh, this is enough. This yeah. is enough. And for I that. mean, there
2: were so many moments where I felt like that, but I, re- I recognized real quick that it was something I had to do, even though it made me really uncomfortable. And that sick butterfly feeling in your gut every time you had to go tell a cousin or aunt my story, like, ugh, that was just, it was, it was hard. It was such a hard time. That was Gosh, To me, I'll that bet. was harder than going out and telling the world these are people that have known me my whole life. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, oh, I didn't know. Or, you know, because I was like, yeah, no one knew. <laughs> no one knew, and I was going to make sure no one knew.
0: Yeah. But You know, it's interesting to me how, like, uh, I think Blake just kind of brought up a point of how your free will comes into play so that even though if, if Jesus puts something on your heart like he put on Brooke's heart, Um, If he wants to use you and and something that you have been through in your life in order to uh, set other people uh, free from that bondage, right? If he wants to use your testimony in front of the world, um, like and he puts it on your heart to share that, your your free will is still in play. Like you can still Mm -hmm. choose not not to do that, and you have to be very intentional you ha- you have to understand uh that it- Jesus isn't going to just like force you to do anything. This mm-hmm. takes you working through that process and actually taking action and moving forward with whatever it is Jesus has called you to do in life, man. Yeah. It's uh it's it's not like it's not a it's it's not com- it's not supernatural, right? Yeah. Jesus is the creator of both the natural and the supernatural, but we live within the realm of the natural world. Mm-hmm. So your free will still comes into play, and you know, you. I don't know if I don't know if people agree with me or not, but you using that trauma that you experienced uh, in the way you're using it and the platform that you're using is detrimental to Satan's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to hit Satan and his kingdom square in the freaking face, you hit him on the airwaves, right? <laughs> because this is this is his yeah. area of operations. This is Satan's AOR right here. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. And... I would say his number one tool uh over the last few decades has been music. Yeah. Has that's been like his number one tool to essentially keep people or bring people into bondage. So you're hitting him in his dang on his grounds. Well and yeah. I can only imagine that's why there were so many things and even coming up to that that final moment where you're like, this thing's ready to go hot. Mm-hmm. And, and he's still like throwing everything, even, <clears throat> even, you know, the story you told, I mean, that's the biggest thing he could mm-hmm. throw at you is this yeah. jugger reaching back out to you and trying yeah. to pull that card. You know what I mean? It's like,
2: well, God like can use any situation for good. We have to just allow him to, yeah. Like we have, he's going to give us opportunity. Yeah. We can either say yes or no what are you gonna exactly do, you know that's right that's yeah. what
1: i've been over here thinking about the scripture and god makes all things work for the yep. good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose and that's that and you know i, I want to comment on what said, and then i got a question for you but you think about music and really whether it's music that is worshiping god or not like if you look at a whatever uh m M&M m concert or whoever you want to say what are all the people doing there they're all raising their hands and it it's a form of worship it's just it's a matter of if you're worshiping god or if you're not music is a form of worship and that's what i mean to i've always loved music i mean i, I love music but it is just a uh it's much deeper than what people think it is like yeah. you just have something playing on the radio and you don't realize that input and how it's affecting you. And I don't know. It's just much deeper. I haven't actually, I haven't been able to really put my thumb on it, but I know that music is much, much deeper than most people realize it is. But I wanted to ask you, was there ever a moment where you thought like, how, like were you, did you ever get angry or in disbelief with God that like, if there's a God, how did, how did he let this happen to me? 100%. That's a good question. I
2: can't tell you how many times um, throughout those 15 years where I asked God, why? Why me? You know? And I feel like that's what a lot of people who've been through something like this ask. And it's, God doesn't cause things like this to happen. We live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. And it takes really just to get to know Jesus on a whole other level to realize that. That, you know, he was, Jesus was killed you know, he didn't ask why, you know, like he, he knew that was what he was called to do is to die on the cross for us, but it wasn't easy getting there. Mm-hmm. And that's like this life, Like we're going to go through things that aren't easy. And, um, but yeah, for sure. I definitely have asked God why, but now I've learned to ask God what, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do now? Cause I know that you didn't cause this, but it was allowed now, how are you going to use it? Yeah. So that's kind of where I am, and uh, life's not always fair. How it's did not. you get
1: through that of that time of like, why me? Why? Why does? Why does this happen to people? Did were you just persistent in your your faith and praying and seeking God or what?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of the whys came whenever, like right after it happened, mm-hmm. and so like I was around ten, and so I didn't really. Yeah. You know, you hear things like, you know, forgive, forget kind of thing. But, you know, as a little kid who's been through something so traumatic, you have no other choice but to ask why. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, And then I just kind of came numb to it and buried it deep down and almost forgot that it happened and then it would surface and bury it back down kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that was kind of my process of that. So.
1: That's good. That's – uh. That I mean, that's something I get asked a lot, you know, by various people, just as like if if God has the power to stop these things, why doesn't he? And, you know, to me I've just always thought like we are reaping what the rest of humanity has sown. And I know it may not be in the right context, but I think of the verse that where Jesus sent his disciples out, he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves and if you think like that's us as Christian, that's really what we are. We are in a world of wolves yeah, and we are going to have bad things happen to us because of what our ancestors have done. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, when those things happen to you, God can still use that situation that's bad and that is a result of the beginning of humanity and everything that we've screwed up he can still use that bad thing that happened to you to make someone else's life better, or yeah. maybe not happen to them, or maybe help them get over or whatever. So
2: yeah, I mean, it's easier to stay in anger; it's so much easier,
1: yeah. and it feels good in the moment. Yeah. It feels good to be angry, and I yeah. mean to go seek your own revenge. And
2: yeah, I mean, even in the, the when I released the music video, I had people laugh at it kind of in a way of how can you forgive that person? But I've also had so many people who are like, I needed this. Thank you. Like I was holding a lot of anger and bitterness in, and even though it's easier to be angry, it's more freeing to forgive.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the act of forgiveness is the most pure representation of Christ that we can portray In our life, like there are a lot of other things that you can do to represent Christ. You can give to the poor. You can preach the gospel. Um, you can, you can. I mean, there's, there's a whole array of things that you can do as an ambassador for Christ to represent His image through your actions in your life. But forgiveness is the representation of Christ through the most pure lens. Yeah. Yeah. Because think about what did he come to do primarily? He, He came so that we could receive forgiveness. Yeah. That was his primary mission. And I think about that in my own life, man. Like as an ambassador for Christ, Am I missing the mark on that? Like do I really want to represent him? And if I want to, I think in the most pure form it would be by forgiving others on a daily basis. Yeah. And you know, when you really when I really start to dig into that and I hear your testimony Brooke and and um it, it just brings me back. It's so powerful, man. Because it really makes me think about Jesus and the burden of sin that he took. Like, he He bore it all. The sin of all of humanity. And the pain that you felt, yeah. the pain that he felt was magnified by, by an indefinite number. Yeah. It's it's just I don't know, man.
2: Yeah, it's just when people get angry at God or blame Him or say, "Oh, He doesn't understand." It's like Jesus is the only one that fully understands. You know, like He had to go through the hardest thing ever. So
0: yeah, it's, yeah, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful representation of yeah. of Jesus and and how and how we should strive to live. Uh, in, in our day-to-day life, right? As far as ambassadors for him, it's just a, a wonderful example of it. Yeah,
1: and, and yeah. there are no exceptions. Like, you can think the worst thing that could happen to somebody, you have to forgive that person Man, for doing it. Man, it's tough. There, is, there are no exceptions out there at all. And if there is, then you have just placed an exception on yourself for how you will be forgiven because that's what the Bible forget. Yeah. I'll forgive you as you forgive others. And so, I mean, this is terrible. This is among one of the worst things that could happen to somebody, that happened to you. Yeah. And you learned early on, I mean, at 15, that's pretty early, that there are no exceptions. We cannot, we can't justify, we can't put parameters around things that people do and, and us decide, well, yeah, this is worthy of forgiveness, but this isn't. there. I mean, there is none. And I mean, I would say too that a lot of times maybe you you say that you've forgiven the person because you want to write it off, like you say, like, "Oh, uh, yep, I forgive you," but in your heart you really haven't. But you're tired of wrestling with that forgiveness thing, mm. and so you just say, "I'm I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to tell him I forgive him. I voice the words, and so now it's done." But it's not a it's not a name it claim it. Like it's not no not like anything. It is something that has to come from your heart. You you don't you don't
0: even have the ability to do it on your own. No, no. that's right. right. That that's the thing. A lot of people that are gonna listen to this are gonna say, I, I maybe maybe you, listener, have had a a, an, a similar experience to Brooke. Maybe you um have been uh, abused or, or cheated or done wrong or whatever it may be and you're sitting here saying, How in the world are you asking me to forgive the way Christ forgave? Like yeah, I, I can't do that. And yeah, you're right. You yep. can't. You can't do that. <laughs> Not in your own strength. You mm-hmm. cannot do it, man. And you know, I I'm relating to this from a, a spe- experience in my own life. So you guys know, my wife is a former addict, former drug addict. Well, when she was in active addiction, there were you know horrible things that happened, and like i i understand forgiveness because of that experience mm-hmm. because i have truly forget like literally everything anything that we went through as a as a couple during that time has been cast into the sea of forgetfulness yeah, yeah. It, it is it, it literally has no bearing on anything anymore yeah and Jesus Christ allowed me to do that. That's the only way that I can explain it. Mm-hmm. I can't explain. It. I didn't do it even in I didn't even intentionally do it. Yeah. I, I asked Jesus to help me and walk with me through this process. Mm-hmm. But there was there was never like Brooke said, it was the process. I I can't remember a definitive. There was never a day where I just said, okay, I forgive this person. I'm done with it. It was just like this, this long thing where finally Jesus released me and her, uh, from that trauma that we experienced as a married couple. And, um, it's just gone. Well, I think you said (laughs) it well
1: is, is that, you still remember those things, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. But but the the difference is the memory's still there, but that it doesn't that action that happened that you remember doesn't have any effect or bearing on a decision you might make. Amen. As to how you treat Brooke, as to how you operate as a family. So at that point is when you achieve forgiveness, in my opinion. Because if you were going to make a decision and you said, Yeah, but I remember those things she did. Right. I'm I'm not going to freaking do that.
0: Oh yeah, Wait, when then I, that's not forgiven. When I so now when I have those memories that are still there, when I have those memories, I, I'm just like, boy, that sucks. Yeah, uh, man, those times really sucked. Look like where
2: we've gotten now. you like, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> Praise Jesus yeah. that yeah. my life is the is the way it is now because of Him. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, man! This has just got me fired up. I mean, it's got me fired up, and I think. This is a piece. This is a this is a big piece of our walk with Jesus as we serve him that really gets missed. It really gets missed this conversation right here. Yeah. Because it's not a sexy conversation. Mm-hmm. It is there ain't there ain't nothing appealing to anybody about. What Jesus asked you to do in terms of forgiveness. Yeah. Who who wants to set their feelings aside? Oh my gosh.
1: I mean, when someone has just wronged you, who wants to say, oh man, I forgive you. I'm not
0: going to be upset about that. Don't nobody want to do that.
2: Right. It's too hard. (laughs) You know, another
0: piece of this, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Brooke, but, um, you know, we have, we're, we're surrounded by people now in society that, uh, don't agree uh, with not, not only don't agree but see the basically the biblical worldview and lifestyle, the, the lifestyle of a Christian as uh, they see you as a bigot, they see you as uh, unaccepting. Um, they just you know they, they get angry at you right and, and these people around us are living these lifestyles that are are totally illegitimate uh, in terms of the biblical model. Uh, they're running biz, uh, like businesses or whatever lifestyles, whatever it may be and um, I, I get asked the question all the time like well how do you allow those people into your presence like into your space like how do you how do you have conversations with those people and and, and love them and, and it's like another I think piece of this is coming to the praying for the ability to separate a sin, or a, a sinful lifestyle or a specific sin from the person mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Like.
2: Yeah, you kinda of think too. I mean, Jesus sat at the table with with everybody. Yeah. You know, like that's what we're called to do. And we're not called to go and judge and hate and down that person, but just be real with them and say, Hey, I understand. I've been I've been where you are. I've been angry at God too. Like we've all been wow. there. Wow. And when you get to that place and just treat that person like would. Jesus do that? What would Jesus do? We hear that growing up as a kid, but it's just so true in this day and age. Like, what would Jesus do? He'd go sit with that person and talk to him. And I remember listening to your other podcast about um, the hokas and the run, going to run with yeah. the, the LGBT community and all that. I'm like, Jesus would go run with them. You know, like, we're called to go in love. And through that, they realize, hey, there is something different. What does this person have that I don't? You know, it sparks conversation and, yeah. and all that. So
0: there's, there is a, such a fine line between like condemnation of sin mm-hmm. because you love the person, right? Like you're, you're condemning the lifestyle because the light, you know, the lifestyle will implode mm-hmm. the, the person's life is going to implode on itself. Mm-hmm. You love the person. So you, you're you condemning that lifestyle because you love them like i know guys this may sound absolutely insane to you but i'm telling you it's true yeah but like and you when you go loving that person
1: you can't condemn the sin openly to them or else they're gonna shut you out well yeah yeah, exactly that's behind the scenes you're loving them in spite of the sin that they're doing you know like and they don't even know it and and to me that's what this perfect love and forgiveness is is that You just live it out in front of them. I mean, we talked about it on that
0: podcast with the hokas. Yeah. That's it, man. Um, By the way, I was right. Jubal, okay? I was right. This is in in Genesis. Um, Jubal was the first musician, and he invented the harp and the flute.
2: Hmm. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Good
0: on you, Jubal. (laughs) I'm telling you, man.
2: Just learn something new.
0: Yeah. God's Word has all the answers. Yeah,
2: yep.
0: <laughs> All right, let's take a little break, and then I want to come back and talk more about the music life. Let's do it. Mm. Well, we're back. I have a few selfish questions, Brooke. Um so you mentioned earlier when you were out like on tour doing your thing doing shows mm-hmm. um you mentioned that dry feeling like i feel that so often in my life like when you're when you're on a stage or not on a stage anytime you're giving of yourself and of your your you're giving, you know, especially when it when it's through a platform or a a a something that you're passionate about where you're just really pouring yourself out. If it's a message that you're passionate about or whatever it is, um yeah, it it can really really be tough to sustain that. Yeah. So, you know, I want to know how you work through that how you maintain the pace how you feel yourself back up
2: yeah so i had led worship or was actually on the worship team from like 12 years old up until like 24 or 25 years old and when i went on tour for two months i didn't get to go to church i didn't get to be around a community of like bible studies and and even though i can sit there and read the bible to me i needed community i needed people around me and I was, I mean, I've gone to my home church uh, in my small town my whole life. And I felt so heavily for some reason, which was God, after that tour to, to just step down from leading worship and really focus on my relationship with the Lord. And that brought me to a different church and not on a worship team, even though they had asked me to join. I just felt like that was not what I was Of course they asked for. you to join. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to actually. Wow. <laughs> I don't feel called to do that, even though it'd been so much easier just to go up on stage and sing because that's what I love to do. But I knew that's not why God wanted me there. And so for a year I went there and then um, I even now will sometimes get that way. And I have to remind myself, like it's time to take a step back. It's time to really dig in the word. And um it's time to just focus one, my relationship with the Lord and not so, you know, I think we sometimes get so stuck in our ministry, forget who gave it, gave us that ministry. And we don't do that intentionally. We're just, we're human, we're flesh. And we get so busy, we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life. And that's kind of what happens. And so, but God, he's always reminding me that it's, you know, we need to take it easy sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do when you're used to go, go, go. Yeah. But um, I was, I went to a different church, and uh, during the shutdowns, I was asked to join, and I did. But it's been a year later, and I feel that same way. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not on the worship team that I'm. I'm not meant to be there. Like God's called me out, and when I go to church or when I go in a, a Bible study or whatever, I'm there to just soak it in. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been a. It's hard to find that, you know balance or whatever you want to call it you know so yeah
0: what other what other hobbies do you have things that you're passionate about um that fill you up
2: well things I used to do I used to barrel race um rodeo uh I love anything outside I love hiking and all that it's hard to do in Louisiana I don't have much hills yeah yeah (laughs) it's really flat but that's it's hard to say I have a hobby right now because I'm just so I'm busy. I work full time and if I'm not working I'm I'm going out and doing something uh with music. So
1: where do you work?
2: I work at an orthotic and prosthetic company. Okay. So we build prosthetics and stuff. It's really cool. It's okay. a cool job. Yeah.
0: Well, it's very important. Blake has seen me in some dry times. Yeah. And I'm useless to anybody. <laughs> when i look it's so important to keep your own ship in order it's like yeah. of the primary importance because you can't help anyone as a matter of fact you'll probably hurt someone yeah if you're trying to if you have some sort of avenue to influence people you'll probably negatively impact them if you're speaking in that place where you're just empty yourself
1: well, think of the boat metaphor you used on Resurrected. If you got a hole in your dang boat and you're bringing someone on board to talk to them, they're going to go down with you because the,
0: the yeah. ship's sinking. It's got a hole in it. Yeah, you I gotta- mean,
2: how, how can we pour out if we're not being poured into? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Which leads me to my next question. Who have been some of the major influencers, mentors, or or helpers in your life, in in, in your faith, or in music, or, or, or in both? throughout your life?
2: Yeah. Um, my mom's really been a huge rock in my life, and then her sister is like my spiritual mama, is what I like to call it. She's always that person I can go to, and she gives me wisdom, advice, holds me accountable. I also have um, a couple friends who are, who are like that in my life. And uh, music side of it, my producer, my manager, he's all one, but his name's Jeremy Holderfield, and he is the one who's believed in me from the start. He sometimes will believe in, in me more than I believe in myself. And it's good to have people like that in your life that are constantly pushing you forward. And when you're just in a funk, will just tell you, like, hey, snap out of it. Like, this is this is what you're called to do. This is yeah. it's not going to be easy. But keep pushing you forward, you know. And it's it's good to have people like that in my life. And I don't know what I would do without any of them.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you, you made a comment earlier that was – that was interesting to me. You said there are a lot of people out there that sing better than me. And I'm like, no, I've heard you sing. Like, ha- like what, what, what is the, fr- what are you judging this <laughs> off? of? Like, your voice sounds perfect. Um, well, thank you. And like, how do you, because this industry is such a hard place to be in, like it's, it seems difficult to get, to the place where you're really just whatever you want to call it on top mm-hmm. where you're just you're making the money man you're, yeah. you're doing it like people know who you are like even the old songs man that the, the I, I posted a quote from a from an old dave co song on the story that i posted you in um mm-hmm. the ride if you're big star bound let me warn you it's a long yeah. hard ride <laughs> It's like, this is a hard industry to be in. And so when you're surrounded by other very talented people in the same space, I would disagree. I would not say that they are better than you. I would say that they're talented individuals. Like mentally, how do you stay in the game? Like when you're looking around you and like, oh my gosh, these people are doing so well how do you stay in the fight day by day by day and keep pursuing this
2: yeah well it's funny that you say that just to be completely real and vulnerable right now i was scrolling through instagram and i mean social media if it wasn't for music i'd delete every single bit of social media that i have because um, it can be very destructive if we let it and i remember scrolling through and i there were some some posts uh, from several different people and i'm like that would be such a cool opportunity like it just seems so far away for me you know it'd be so awesome to have this opportunity and that and have a number one single and doubt comparison starts yeah. creeping in and you don't realize that. And God spoke so clearly and was like, Brooke, you don't think you can share my name where you are? <laughs> mm. And that really just, it made me take a step back and realize like God's got me where I am for a reason. And I'm going to, I'm not going to let comparison creep in. Like he's going to use me wherever I'm at and, that's just how it's going to be. Yeah.
0: So. So adjusting that perspective. It's perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that is, that's some sound yeah. wisdom right there. And, and i I mean, I'll be this, uh, since, since you shared that about, you know, your journey mm-hmm. in music, I mean, it's the same way for me as a, whatever you want to call me, a, a social media influencer, backwoods, Navy seal, wizard, hermit. <laughs> um, It's like, you know. You, you look, you you do, you look around in social media and you say, well, there are guys with a similar background to me that are, you know, they have s- such a, a much bigger platform than, than we have, their podcasts, you know, reach more than, than us. And it's like, man, it, that can creep in, but I also have to adjust my perspective quite often And go back and say, well, you know, we have and do help people where we are at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we may not be reaching them by the hundreds or tens of millions, but we are helping people where we're at. Yeah. 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 Uh And I mean, I think about,
1: you know, he who is last is really first. and, And really by you holding holding to your standards and who you are. Like, that's the reason if we wanted, I firmly believe if we wanted to set Jesus aside and blow this thing up, I think we could be on top of whatever we wanted to be on top of, but because we choose to be genuine and same with you, like you have, you have the talent. If you wanted to set your standards aside and go be a part of this big band or just sell whatever sells on the radio, I, there's not a doubt in my mind you could be the number one artist playing on country music radio. But that the fact that you set yourself, you hold to your standards, and you're really behind, you're actually making a bigger impact. So that puts you first. Like, for what you want, you're behind the gun. You're not number one. You're down here below everybody but you're actually impacting more people than those that are playing the same song, the dumb songs on the on the radio, you know, like, and I mean, the, the same thing for us. If we wanted to impact millions of people, you know how you get to that point? You play off people's emotions and, and the political things, and you talk about all the hot topics that don't do anybody good, but invoke emotion or evoke, yeah. whatever the word is, bring out the emotion in the people, and then they're like, Yeah, I wanna go listen to that podcast. That gets me fired up. And then they don't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So to hold to your standards and to the Bible and put out what God's put on your heart, you're gonna be you're not gonna be at the top of the charts because that's not what the world wants. It's just the fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. But God will provide for you and you will impact more people and affect the world more than if you were at the top. Wow. And that's the way I think. That's the way yeah. I've always thought about it, and that's what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a good a good thought. And I mean, a lot of people have overnight success, but a lot of people have to do the hard work behind it all. It's a slow build. Yeah, it's a slow build. And so, I mean, if what's success? You know, like what's our view of success versus what God says? Because I mean, that's ours a great is, question. Yeah, it's like we we want this many followers, and we want to go on these big tours and although that'd be great like god's saying hey you know you can share my name anywhere Mm it doesn't have to be a big stadium can be in the grocery store that's good you know
0: dang it man you know good gosh blake you're just uh, i'll just appreciate you speaking out on this podcast finally he (laughs) he's never said much on a podcast but you know y'all a lot i think I sound kind of dumb because I talk slow and I've got a terrible accent and all this, but I I want, I I mean, I kind of play that to my advantage, but um, I did that all through SEAL training, by the way. And, uh, but let me tell you, I know what people want to hear. Yeah. I know. Like, just like Blake said, I know what people want to hear. I'm smart enough to recognize that. And sometimes I fall into that. Mm-hmm. sometimes I fall into that trap. I When I see something and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what the take. people want to hear about, right? Sometimes I fall into that trap. But every time I fall into that trap, you know what I realize? The fruits of that, the fruits of putting out that message just because I know that's what people want to hear and it's going to cause them to react emotionally, the fruits of those posts the fruits of of those interactions are never in alignment with uh with with god's word or or with what i think jesus would want me to be doing as his servant it's really odd how that works out for me yeah and and it never really to me those i
1: never really feel accomplished if if like when we, if we talk about things like that I just don't really care to to talk about it because when you do, you sure don't. You won't say a word about it. No, that if if you ain't talking about Jesus, you ain't. They ain't no need to talk about it. And it don't always have to be direct, right? Yeah. But it has to. You in your mind, you have to say, well, all right, this is tying into Jesus, and if not, I I just don't care to talk about it. It doesn't it, to me. It's meaningless. And I mean, maybe other people see value in it in other ways, but um,
0: no, that's just what I think I will get sucked slap into a rant. <laughs> I mean, I will get sucked into a rant. Oh, uh, here's what, one, one of my, um, I, I'd say one of my latest rants that I did. Uh, let's see, here's one of my, hold on. That's not it. I got to find one of my rants on here to tell, to show you about how here's a rant that had nothing to do with Jesus. It was shared on Instagram 3,184 times. It's wow. like the most share Because it was simply appealing to what people wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. But if you go through and read the comments in this rant that I did here, it's nothing but negative bickering and arguing and complaining. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Man, I needed to hear this, all well, this just conversation. Well, like it's
2: the most... Um uncomfortable we are is the is where the reward is greater you know like god always gives us opportunities where we can just do what people want to hear or it can make us really uncomfortable and maybe the person listening uncomfortable but the reward's greater yeah you know
0: yeah yeah the the eternal impact yeah that, that you make and you'll never be able to see it you'll never yeah. be able to see the generational impact mm-hmm. and I think that's what you guys are speaking to. Well, and I think Brooke said it best
1: earlier: is that we can't be responsible for the becomings of anything that we do. All we can do is plant a seed, and if if you can think of it that way, because a lot of times we get hung up and we want to see our reward, right? Like we want to see, oh yeah, I planted this seed, and now look at the crop it has grown to be. But and you know, you talk, <laughs> you you look at the verse about the heroes of the faith, and uh, how a lot of the stuff that that they accomplished they never saw come to fruition they just did (laughs) the work that they should have done and then most of them got killed and it's like they don't even know what they did and all we can be concerned with is just planting the seed and then it's like you move on to a new field and you don't ever look back maybe somebody comes back through your life and you see it but more than likely you don't I mean you you don't often see that sometimes you do but you just move to the next field and then you plant your seed and you move to the next field and you even plant it where the rocks are and the weeds are and all you know, Mm -hmm. all of that, because maybe it takes root. Maybe it doesn't. It's not for you to decide. You put
0: your seed down and you move on. Have you ever felt Brooke when you, um, when you're out doing your thing, man, and you're performing and have you, has it ever felt, or have you, has it ever been hard to stay grounded in like who you are and your faith? Have you ever, who you are as a person and also who you are as a Christian? Yeah, like, have you ever felt the pull to maybe drift outside those boundaries because of your front and center? You're on stage. People are looking to you like you're getting the attention.
2: No, I've never felt that way. Honestly, I can say that I've, I've always, I promised myself in God, me and God had a talk before I did any of this music stuff that I would stay true to who I am mm-hmm. and who he's called me to be and not what the industry wants me to do or say um, It's one thing that I promised myself
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome
2: yeah
0: what is um so like what is your do you do you have I'm shotgunning you with a question here do <laughs> you have a vision like what is is your god-given vision? for your life your gifts like do you have you thought about that
2: yeah i i have desires I actually made a post like sometimes we have desires and we don't fully understand they're so deep we don't fully understand them until god reveals them to us so like Mm. over these past five years you know there's been things i thought that i was supposed to do here and there and like god's slowly showing me and just over the past year and a half, I felt like speaking is something that he's calling me to do. Writing a book, honestly, don't even really read. But I feel like there's something that God's put in me to a devotional for for young women or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the process of planning a human trafficking event in my local community. I've never done that before. And that's challenging me. That's pushing me. And, uh, so speaking and not just music, but speaking and not terrifies me mm-hmm. to be honest, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, what terrifies us is where we grow. So,
0: well, I want to encourage you. You are a very well-spoken person.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. You are, you are a very good speaker like in a lot of ways practically and your message is great. So like Mm -hmm. you can speak the message in a way that people I think will want to listen to you because you're not saying all these filler words and you're, you're not getting it. All right. So I just want to encourage you with that. And it's funny because this morning when I posted on my story that you were coming on the podcast, I was like committing to releasing this episode Mm -hmm. and I'm like I don't even know who Brooke is like she may just she may be some crazy person and then like the the episode may be just something like like oh oh my gosh I can't put this out and then people are gonna be like where's the interview with Brooke but (laughs) like (laughs) it's like you are a very good speaker so I would encourage you. you to um to push forward with that mission um do you are is what what is like what's on your what's on the horizon for you as far as music goes and
2: Yeah, it's been very slow in this season that I'm in just cuz with all the shutdowns and uh, a lot of tours happening or bigger tours and just being that I am a small artist and not many people know who I am, it's hard to get shows booked. But I have been thankful like I've had one probably once a month this year. And so I'll be in New York uh in Two weeks, and then I'll be in Indiana in December. And then the next thing is I'm promoting a show, which is the first time I ever promoted a show. So uh, a trafficking event, human uh, trafficking awareness event, benefit concert that I'll be putting on in May. So okay, I don't know what next year holds. I am fully trusting God in that, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. So,
0: I like that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of do the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Go with the flow. <laughs>
0: that's my style, son. Yeah. Um, man, Blake, you got any more questions?
1: No, I think I've asked all mine.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot to chew on and think about yeah. in that episode. Really,
0: there is so there is so much, man. There is so much. I I feel like I feel like the main theme of this conversation, and I did not have any uh any idea that this was going to be the the main thing that I think the world needs to hear but the, for me it is the concept and the application of forgiveness yeah and how this is this is the biggest lesson that I took from this we've never done a podcast before on forgiveness mm-hmm. ever and that's that's pretty unsat mm-hmm. all right yeah. but but it was obviously uh Dude. God was putting it off for, for you to come here and, and walk us through and show us what forgiveness meant, what it looked like, and to make us think about it. And for me, it has really changed my perspective in a sense of, I say I want to represent Christ, well, the most pure way is through forgiveness. Yeah. And boy, that hit me square in the face.
1: Well it, to me it's quite obvious that this episode is is going to be and already has been for us pretty powerful just because of I mean think it just doesn't happen like this with with when we book guests like the deal where you had just you had sent the thing for the basic course and I had just That's reached crazy. out and then we uh we scheduled it the hurricane hit Louisiana and then uh I had put you down for some dates that were already booked. I didn't know. It's just like thing after thing after thing. And I remember even telling you in that message, like it'll just, it'll just happen when in God's timing, like as long as you're willing to bear bear with me and be patient and and you were right on board with it. Like, yeah, I agree. This is how things happen and uh, we'll work it out. So I, I can't wait for it to get out for everybody to listen to. And
2: yeah, I'm excited about it too. And just to add like my heart too behind my story, is maybe the person listening, or whoever listens to this, maybe they are the one who's done the abuse. You just don't know. They probably feel like they're unlovable, they're unforgivable, and like that's so far from the truth. I and mean, Jesus died for you too, mm. and He loves you too. So, Gosh yeah, that's uh,
1: we could yeah, uh, we could um. To a whole nother episode on yeah. that.
0: You never know, man. I mean, well, well, all, I think all of us are living with something yeah. that we've done in our lives that that you know we need forgiveness for. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, that was that's really you're exactly right. That's a whole nother podcast episode because I was listening to old Nimblewill the other day on his YouTube interview, and that was the way he talked about how he came to faith in Christ and accepting Christ. He said, you know, I didn't have a problem forgiving other people for what they had done for me. Mm -hmm. He said, I couldn't forgive myself for all the times that I was just being a straight-up jerk in life. I couldn't forgive myself, and that's what I needed jesus for yeah you know what i mean yeah you you rarely hear it you rarely hear it put out that way Mm -hmm. but the fact that you the fact that you need forgiveness for something and you just can't forgive yourself you just can't let it go that is pointing you to your savior and your creator and the one that loves you eternally right yeah and yeah. i mean when you don't unconditionally
1: yeah that's that's the whole thing when you think how could god forgive me or i can't forgive myself again you are putting parameters on what forgiveness can be what can be forgiven there's so
2: much grace there yeah. i mean not to get off topic my grandfather he did things throughout his life that he shouldn't have and he gave his life to Jesus on his hospital bed. Like, that's grace. You know, like, he yeah. could have lived his whole life glorifying God, but he chose not to. But he did make that commitment, and it wasn't too late. You know, like, mm-hmm. God's not like, nope, you're too old for that. <laughs> it's not how that works. You know, he was dying on his um, deathbed and gave his life to Jesus. So, man, he's always there. Oh,
0: yeah. Jesus told us about that, right? Yeah. He told us about that in a parable. It's written down where he says there's this guy that owned a, a, a vineyard or a farm. And it, a guy went out in the morning and he said, hey, he went out to the street and he said, hey, guys, I need some folks to work in my farm down, down here. I'll pay you a dollar. So they went to work in the morning, right? Well, then they got, the owner of the farm went back at lunchtime, said, hey, we need some more people working in the farm. They went and he he recruited some more workers. He said, I'll pay y'all a dollar. Then he went out in the evening. There wasn't about an hour left in the workday. He went back. He said, what are y'all standing around for? We need some people up here working on the farm. I'll pay you a dollar. And so those people went up there, and they just worked for an hour. And it come, the day the workday was over, and everybody came up to him to, to get paid, right? And the people that had been there working all day long were, were pissed off yep. because— the, the guy that owned the farm was paying the people that had only been there for an hour the same amount of money that he was paying the people that had been there all day. Yeah. And the guy that owned the farm said, huh, that ain't for you to decide. Yeah. I'll pay these people what I want to pay them. That's the way it works. Yep.
1: With man, you get what you deserve. With God, you get what you don't deserve. <laughs> that's, that's that's how it is.
2: That's a good point. know. <laughs>
0: Yep. That's, gosh almighty, that's how
1: it is. and and the uh, the other example is you mentioned earlier when Jesus forgave the man that was also being crucified at the same time as him <clears throat> yeah. that that man was he was put up there to die and Jesus forgave him and said you'll be remembered in in heaven and so there that man just before he died gave his life to Jesus I mean that, that you know right there right at the time like
0: yeah you know yeah, this ti- this episode is definitely going to be titled something forgiveness. I don't I don't know what yet. I got to think about it. It'll um, come to you. Yeah. All right. So Brooke, where can listeners find you, follow you, listen to you, connect with you?
2: I've tried to make it pretty easy. So Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube is all Brooke Robertson music. Okay. So I have a Twitter, but I don't really get on Twitter. I mean, I'll just like repost stuff, but. It's not my favorite, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Brooke Robertson Music, and my website's brookrobertsonmusic.com, so pretty easy.
1: Nice.
0: And, yeah. uh, oh, you've done much better job than me. Uh, <laughs> some of ours are numbers. Some of the are spelled out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> some of my profiles, my name is spelled with 2D. Some of it's spelled with 1D. Some of it, I mean, I'm. we're just, I, I've just went all, it's amazing anybody's found me on social media. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know what I—I I had no clue two and a half years ago. I did not know. I did not even know the word Instagram. Seriously, I seriously <laughs> did not know what it was. I—I I had heard of Facebook because my wife had a Facebook page that she talked to family in, but I didn't know.
2: Instagram's it, like where it's at right now. It, it's really yeah. not Facebook. I mean, yeah. people have Facebook, but it's so, Instagram.
0: I'm I'm just saying you you've done a great job getting getting yeah. to the place even your website I mean my heart mess is all over the place but um no that's awesome man and uh man I'm just thinking I know a good musician now <laughs> We're gonna talk later I got to figure out how much it costs to hire you to come sing at some stuff man yeah. cuz we for we it. we get some people together sometimes and man, how cool would it be to have somebody there like Brooke. Yeah. Well Brooke in particular. That would be awesome. I'm super pumped.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you for coming, Brooke. Yeah, it's yeah. been
2: fun. It it's was.
0: It's really been fun. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up. You guys go find Brooke, follow her, and uh reach out to her and let her know if you got anything from this episode. All right. Usually I ask you to share the episode. I will ask you to do that too. If you've noticed, we not we not we don't really run ads on the podcast anymore. Um, We're not like saying that we'll never run an ad again, but we would rather put this out for you guys and ask you to share the episode so that the podcast can grow. Uh, But I would also ask you on this to go and. Interact with Brooke and let her know what you got out of this conversation. Uh,
2: and I look at all messages too. I'm glad I'm you like do. not like that person that just deletes.
0: You're not like me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, in your defense, though, you probably get a lot, and it goes into like a hidden. Oh yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. You have to like intentionally. Go I just there.
0: gave up on it years ago yeah i'll go through and gander at them every now and then well you still read a lot you just don't really respond yeah i do i do i guess that's right i do read a lot of them i just don't don't respond to a lot of them
2: it's hard to though especially (sighs) when you you are busy
0: the old social media son Mm
2: -hmm. gosh (laughs) love it and hate it at the same time
0: (laughs) y'all thought that schedule that i showed you that i read from from Third phase of Buds. Y'all thought that was rough. No, that ain't rough. Like Blake said, I didn't even have a cell phone out there, man. I, like, that was just so cut and dry. It's uh, Yeah. It's,
2: Pretty easy to remember, though.
0: Yeah, it's like the social media stuff is mind-boggling to you me. You thought, yeah. I'm going to work out, eat, and shoot. That's yep. what I'm doing today. <laughs> work out, eat, and shoot, and swim. Yeah. That's all I got to do. Yep, That's right up my alley. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. We love you guys, Brooke. We love you. Yes. Thanks for coming and sharing with the body of 307 Project. Enough said.
2: It was an honor.